0: Hi to you doing, Cinemage listeners? Uh, this week, we'll continue with our founder series, and we speak with the intrepid Leslie Mbogo, co-founder at Gobeba, which is an e-commerce plus logistics startup looking to solve the last mile delivery challenge for African consumers. Leslie and her co-founder, Peter, have deep roots in tech and startups, bringing a combined 25 years of both international and local experience in the sector. Leslie spent over 10 years in Silicon Valley working with IBM Labs where she garnered four patents to her name from that experience. She then went on to Amazon Web Services where she was immersed in a culture defined by a commitment to deep innovation and a disciplined process, which you'll hear about in the podcast. If there is any team that has what it takes to tackle the challenging e-commerce and logistics space, Leslie and Peter are it. They have the pedigree, tenacity and commitment to make it happen. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is the Chili Imagine Podcast, uh, brought to you by Impact Africa Network. As you can see, we're in a different location today because uh, the space that we usually use on the other side, they're drilling a, a bowhole, so it's super noisy. So you're going to have to um, excuse us, I guess, but uh, uh, we're here. So very excited this week to have an awesome guest. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. Uh, Leslie, and I don't know your last name. Bogo. Liz Limbago, uh, co-founder at GoBeba, yeah. right? Yeah. And GoBeba be- is a logistics e-commerce play, yeah. right? Yeah. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to be here. Uh, you guys are just kind of getting started. This is your first year. Yeah, so first year. Yeah. I, so I would imagine there's a lot going on. And for you to take the time to actually step out of that uh, whirlwind uh, and be here and, and kind of share your experiences um, is something to be, I'm, I'm really thankful for and I'm sure the audience will is, is thankful for as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. It's a pleasure.
0: Good. So, you know, our podcast is very conversational. The idea here is usually just to kind of give the Nairobi startup, you know, scene uh, a sense of the entrepreneurship process and what people are doing, share lessons and experiences. What we want to create is, is to democratize up building experience process best practices help people not repeat mistakes or lessons other people have, have gone through and really create community yep. and identity um, and uh, because we are one place one people uh, you know have a shared vision of where what we can do with Silicon Savannah yep. so so awesome so why don't you just maybe get started and Tell us a little bit about your background. You know where you grew up, high school. That kind of cliff oh. notes of that. Okay. And then to go way back, huh? Yeah, just so people can know who <laughs> okay. who, who okay. is this person, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. and then and then you and then with that, you know, your entrepreneurial arc. How did you end up founding a company? Was that okay. always in your DNA or that? Okay.
1: So I I consider myself a Nakuru baby, because I was actually born and raised in uh, in Nakuru. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so interestingly enough, you're the third person that in the last maybe year I have met who's a Nakuru person, who is a, in my view, a high performer, and, and you know, being a Nairobi baby, we never asked, Nakuru was always this small yes. town, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm impressed by Nakuru, that's what I'm trying to get. Nakuru, <laughs> right, like, right. There's something in the water over there.
1: Yeah we're not too quiet in Nakuru. So, yeah, I am a total Nakuru baby. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, later on, I think um, after, maybe towards the end of high school is when we moved to Nairobi. But, you know, I mean, in terms of my childhood, I, I spent my time in Nakuru.
0: Which part of Nakuru um, specifically?
1: I mean, it was very much in, I remember it was called Section 58. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know if you know, if you know that. Nakuru has changed now a lot, uh-huh. but, uh-huh. you know, Section 58 is where I grew up.
0: Okay. So, so is it, is it divided by sections in that, in that? No, it's so, just a place called a place section
1: called, okay. yeah, section fifty eight.
0: Like area fifty one, Arizona in <laughs> <Desert. laughs>
1: Something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's actually an area. It's uh it's basically an estate called Section fifty eight. Do you
0: know the history? That's an interesting name. I actually
1: do not know. You know, I would mm. I would think that maybe I should have thought about like where did this history when you're go? a kid, you're not. So kinda... when I was a kid though, the the interesting thing was I remember where where we lived, um and we moved several places, but I remember when we looked up you know, on one side, you would see uh, Menengai crate, Crater, mm. and then on the other side, you'd see Nakuru. Uh, but like, course. the funny thing is, I don't really think I ever thought of that as, like, a beauty. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, these are the kinds of scenes right now, you know, are, like kill for right, but like when I was a kid, had to wake up in the morning because I remember. I mean, because yeah. I mean now I think it's probably changed a little because been there's been buildings and everything. But like when I was a kid, it was like literally you could see the pink because uh-huh. of the flamingos oh, yeah, on one really side. Red. It was really yeah. beautiful, right? Because yeah, yeah. there was really nothing. There wasn't there was all these high rises and buildings everywhere. We just yeah. see right to the lake, and then yeah. you look on the other side. There's the crater. Like that was just awesome. that was just your reality. That was just my reality, right? So so <laughs> as you get older, it's like you're like wow, actually.
0: That, that was a, nice. That so it was
1: good. Yeah. So yeah, so um grew up in Akurum. I uh, spent, you know, came out to high school. I went to Kenya High. Mm-hmm. I'm also a Kenya High product. So, um, and then from there, my undergraduate was all in the U.S. Where uh,
0: exactly did
1: you go to I did. I did a couple places. I went to uh, Kennesaw State University.
0: Okay, Kennesaw, that's in Georgia.
1: Yes, it's okay. in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I did that. So, so right out of high school, I was I was shipped to the US. Um,
0: How did that happen? Was that part of the plan? Was that? I think
1: it it was kind of you do what your siblings do. Okay. In hindsight, I actually, I don't know. I don't know if that was the right thing, like right after high school.
0: Like right after high school, you were like boom. Yeah, You're I right. remember. It was <laughs> like
1: you finish your KCP in December, right? Is it November or December? Anyway, at the end of the yeah, year, whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. The following September was, you know, and in the So at least you had a, h- a
0: year to kind of like breathe Kidogo.
1: Yeah, but you know, at that point, it's like, right, there's it, not really much breathing. It's like, you know, you You're just finished high school. Much, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so when I did my undergrad. Um, and I remember at the time I was doing, um, so I wanted to do law, or rather, that's what I thought I was mm-hmm. supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do law. And I had studied, I had studied, um, I think it was international affairs and political sciences. Mm-hmm. Then close to me, it was like maybe the third year of school, just about a year into graduation, I was like, what am I going to do with this degree? Like. Mm -hmm. Where the hell am I going to go? Mm -hmm. I didn't really think I was going to go. Plus, I also wasn't sure if I wanted to do law in the US and then come back here. And it's a completely different system. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, so that was, yeah. How would you commercialize it? Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So I started to think about it. I was like, man. This isn't going to work. So I. So
0: you you always had the vision of coming back, or how did you? I
1: think I was just thinking in terms of just long term. You know, long term, right? Because you you're not sure if you're gonna stay there or you're going. I mean, right. at the time, I wasn't thinking I was going to come back right away, but right. I was just thinking in terms of long term. Where will this take me, right? Right. Because I was trying to think about the different careers that I'd have doing sort of a political science, um, other than Decree. getting into law. Right.
0: There's not too many options. There's,
1: there's not really much going on Could there, become right?
0: Become a diplomat and go work at the UN. Yeah,
1: or something like that, yeah. and. I just wasn't sure. So I was looking and I was like, whoa, this is. At least on paper, those
0: are the two options.
1: Exactly. On right. paper, those are the two options. And when right? you're
0: young, you think what you, 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 you're you optimizing for, what I do is what I'm, what I study is what I'm going to do.
1: Exactly, right? Yeah. So you, you optimize for that, right? right so yeah. exactly. So I, I was kind of, at the same time, I, I can't remember who or what happened. And I was kind of introduced to uh, computers. Huh? Mm-hmm. And.
0: At Kennesaw State? Or yeah, at
1: Kennesaw State and the thing is um, I also figured out I could um, oh I remember now I actually got a job some guy I used to um, be in the same class with um, he said hey you know we're actually looking for like a help desk person Mm -hmm. and I was like I know nothing about computers. He was like, "No, we'll train you." They just needed a body that they could train. <laughs> the like somebody who could just like, you know, maybe learn, you know, is eager to learn, right, looks right. like they can, you know, if they're taught something, they can take it. So right. they just needed somebody with just basic smarts. Right. Um but then they were going to um, train them right. and of course pay them very little. Right. right? So <laughs> I, but, you a know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was actually not that bad money in the grand scheme of things of the kind of jobs that you could, you know, at, you the, could time, do right? at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't so bad. So I was like, sure, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. So from there, actually, I just kind of started getting into computers. And then I, towards graduation, I'm still thinking, what am I going to do with this degree? Like, Would what, you yeah,
0: political science, which is still
1: political science. So I started to take some computer science classes just because I was curious. I was like, you know, starting to learn about computers, and I was like, right. "This is cool." At the same time, I was actually very good with math and sciences. So people who do computer sciences generally are more inclined towards right, the, right. the sciences and math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh-huh. And political science was the other side of my brain, Torn. right? So. I, I always knew I enjoyed the math and the stuff, so I kind of started gravitating and taking computer science classes and stuff. So when I was getting ready to graduate, I realized at that point that I actually wanted to get into computers. So I was like, so I was sitting there debating more, well, should I take more time so I can take another degree um, in computer sciences so I can really get a good foundation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, nah, this is too much time. So I actually ended up. So I, I took a minor in computer science. So I had mm-hmm. a minor degree in computer science, and then I ended up doing a, a master's in computer science. Mm-hmm. So I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic, which is in upstate New York.
0: Mm, wow, clear yeah, 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 across yeah. the country. Yeah. Way up,
1: across, just, up mid-Atlantic. Yeah, country. yeah. Wow. Um, and then, you know, I mean, a few things were much also, colder over there. It's much colder, but it's a it's a, it's a great engineering school. Mm. Um, plus, they're also they were also paying for my my. My tuition, so yeah. So I kind of packed up, and then I went to New York, and then you know, spent my two years doing my masters now in computer science. So it completely switched now, Mm -hmm. um, doing computer sciences. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, What did you? I guess programming was it. Which which elements? Yeah,
1: so I was doing actually at the time I was doing graphics. I think. But at the time, I mean, at the end of the day, what you do is you just get a good fundamental understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, the basic area of computer mm. sciences at sort of at that level. You, mm. you do concentrate a little bit on graphics, but um, not to the level where it's like PhD, where you like, mm. really concentrate on one area. So it was easily just, you know, but it was computer in terms of uh, programming development, that mm. kind of thing. Mm. So I ended up, um, wow, this is actually going back to just think about like, you know,
0: Genesis, the the journey, and and that (laughs) kind of thing.
1: So, I um, I remember I was an intern, I got an internship in in California at IBM. I remember at the research lab
0: in San Jose,
1: yeah. And again, it's some of those things where you know you're networking. I actually was kind of in hindsight, I think about like a lot of things were just people telling me, Hey, do you want to do something? and I'm like, Sure. (laughs) So a friend of mine, again...
0: I'm available. Right, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So a friend of mine was like, hey, um, you know, I've been doing this intern... He, he was a PhD candidate at the okay. time, so he was mm. a PhD guy. Mm-hmm. So he kind of knew his way around all these things. had done a lot of internships. So like, hey, do you want an internship? You know, I've got good connections at, you know, IBM, and, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, you could really learn a lot. And how because did you like,
0: know this person? This he role? was in the
1: same program, yeah. Okay. I mean, I was in the master's program. He was in a PhD program, got so it. he was like, hey... Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, he, he had internet IBM for a while. So I was like, sure. And then it was in California, even better. Right. right
0: like, um, I, I need to throw out from <laughs> this. Yeah, <thing>. exactly.
1: <laughs> so I ended up, I, I went, I, I, I interned and then, um, came back, graduated. And then they had, they called me back for a full-time job. So I went, I went there and then that's how I ended up in the Bay Area. So I was mm-hmm. living in San Jose. Mm-hmm. So after I graduated, moved to San Jose, got out of the cold,
0: um, Which part of San Jose did you... I was... South 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 San Jose? Jose It was
1: close I've been in San Jose in quite... I mean, I lived in San San Jose for quite some time. Mm. So So I was in in the Campbell area. Campbell's nice. Yeah, I was... um, Where else did I live? I lived in uh, Blossom Hill.
0: Oh, know wow. that is? Way south, yeah. There. So, yeah. way
1: south because that, that's actually where the, the IBM labs were, so yeah, yeah, were yeah, way, way down there, yeah, yeah. at
0: the end of Earth, pretty yeah. much. As far and then as and
1: then several places, actually, yeah. yeah, several places. So but I
0: actually lived in Campbell for a while. Oh, myself. did you? Yeah, I okay,
1: did, yeah. did you? Oh, okay, wow. So, I and I avoided San Francisco. Like, there's no way I'm going to be in that cold where, like, a few miles down the way, I could just get my Kenyan weather, like. <laughs>
0: Right? So, but it wasn't, I mean, given where you were working, it probably wasn't. Yeah, but you know, there was also
1: a lot of people who like to live in San Francisco. So you'll actually see some people who commute just because they kind of want to have a city feeling.
0: To blossom. That's 60, almost 60 miles? Actually,
1: quite a few people. Yeah. In fact, there was a guy I used to work with who lived in San Francisco, but then what happened is he got so tired of the commute that he would... um, it basically just rent like
0: a room uh-huh. during the week Oh to my be in God, San Jose, yeah. and then
1: he's out in San Francisco, right? Okay. So there's people who are like, you know, I've got to be in the city. Die hard right? in the city. Yeah.
0: So you know, actually, it's interesting because my story is kind of the reverse of that. I, I, pretty much similar to yours. When did you get to the Bay Area? Which year?
1: It was like two thousand and. 2003. Like okay,
0: that. so I was there. 2000. I got there. 2001. Okay. time frame. Okay, but anyway, um, so I sp- I spent most of my time in in the suburbs, pretty much Santa Clara, Campbell, that part of t- that part of the world, and in 2011, 2010, 11, I started saying, man, I'm, I'm, this is just too routine and boring, so I was looking to make the move into the city, and then I, I ended up moving to San Francisco oh, in okay. 2014, uh, and then Oakland in 2016. So I did. I checked that box. I right? checked
1: the box, <laughs> yeah. right? It checked the box of a yeah. city. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I just—I mean, for me, actually, it was mostly to do with weather.
0: Oh, well, the weather thing was. Oh just, yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. San Francisco. It's cold, cold right? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: and you're yeah. looking, you're like—I mean, 30 miles down, you can be in like, seriously, good, Kenya weather. Like, <laughs> it's, it's all crazy
0: so crazy. Right like
1: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I—I I lived there, um, worked there for quite some time, actually. Um, all the way, I think through about 2009 at the time so so there I was working at the research lab mm-hmm. purely very technical low um, doing software engineering so that's kind of where I really spent a lot of time like really learning to be and you know the tech industry, software engineering, Develop- lots of oh, stuff. Yeah. stuff, yeah. We, internal mean, we,
0: projects? Ex- what, what, what both, we, I mean, yeah.
1: both internal and external, but it was a research lab, so a lot yeah. of what okay. we did was very um, research type of stuff. Mm. Then the things that would kind of go out externally would be, usually there were things that you were prototyping. Interesting. And then you would, so cool. yeah, so they come from a research phase and mm. then they go into, now you start working with like the product development teams to mm. kind of move it from a research phase into to a now, product, yeah, commercialization to a product, it, yeah, process. Com- yeah, commercialization What are some that. of the
0: things you, you picked up through this process? Because this is so, so interesting. How many people lot, actually right? work at IBM Research? Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, a lot, right? So a lot of things is around um, like actually doing Inventing technology. So at the time, like, you know, while well, I was at IBM, I, you know, patented four things. Like, I've got four but, patents oh, yeah. now. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, the U.S. Patent Office. Yeah. Things that I probably wouldn't have known or even thought about. What are some of outside. these things, for example? Like? So they're, more, they're very technical type of stuff. But it's more around, like... Um, storage management systems is what I worked on, data management kind of um, ideas that I did, uh, data archiving, that kind of thing. So it's just, you know, it really really teaches you very deep sort of technical stuff, but it's like new inventions to solve a particular problem, right? So those are some of the things I would say I learned, you know, the process of patenting things, and you know, you think about a patent. and I don't know if I would have actually, without that exposure, I probably wouldn't have. The other thing I would say is, (laughs) <laughs> now I look, it, it put me in a very interesting place, right? Um, so one was, I mean, the people that you're working with there, I mean, I mean, you're talking of some of the most brilliant yes. men, right? that's
0: one of the things about the Bay Area. It's, Bay Area.
1: It, you know, it's humbling, right? Because
0: yeah.
1: um, you, you come from a place where you're kind of always top, you know, when I was Kenya High, you're like in the top of a high school yeah, here, yeah, or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. right? You're always sort of... And then you go to this place and you're like, wow, I'm just very mediocre. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> and you know, the interesting thing is a lot of those people are very down to earth and humble. Oh, yeah. And, um, and and they don't kind of like, in a sense, they don't, they don't have this No. mentality. No. They, they're just about the work, man. The
1: work, exactly. They're really proud. So the, the, you, you find they're really... It's about their work. So they, they will let you know if they're no. smart. That's for sure, right? They'll let you know, but they know what they're talking about. Right. Like they really are professionals deep down, like really that level. I mean, you just go to that kind of place, you, you meet those kinds of people, and then you meet people who you know, like, I mean, I can't tell you. Like, actually, if you look at uh, the companies, IBM is actually the, if you look at worldwide, mm. it's the one company that has the most patents.
0: Yeah, some of these guys. Yeah.
1: So some of these guys come and tell you the things that they, you know, invented like years back, and they've actually now been put into use now. A lot of those guys, you look and you're like, y- you know, you're wild, right? Like, wow, you're the guy who came up with this. Now like, you look mm. and you're like, how'd you come up with that? Because mm. you're like,
0: mm. you know, you know it's, you it's so work. interesting right now? Because if you look at now in the last ten years, uh, Silicon Valley is is is, is kind of identified with this other new social yeah. movement, right? In terms yeah. of the technologies that have come out of there. In my view, I guess just in terms of categorizing them, they've been what I call shallow tech. Yeah. Not deep, deep tech. Of course, I mean they've it's, done,
1: it's you know what though it's actually at least it's, a starting point. Yeah. Okay. So the reason you see it that way is that the deep tech where those things, a lot of them were also mechanical when they started out, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. some of those things were also mechanical. Yeah. Devices. Silicon Valley. So like like, these are like, like some chips. serious things, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So they evolve. Over now, moving from chips and those kinds of things to, I mean, you really think of those networks that they build, man. Cisco. A lot of that stuff also, it may seem somewhat shallow in that way, but you know the kind of technology that goes in there, mm. You look at like a network like Facebook. Mm. I mean, the kinds of artificial intelligence yeah. that they now, have to do now the what infrastructure doing now. Right, that they right.
0: run right.
1: is like no other, right? I, I like, guess what
0: I'm saying is, is if you look at so Facebook is a is a Facebook, Google. I mean, they, they 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 have scaled and and had to actually go into areas where now you have to get really deep and good and build new stuff. stuff. Yeah, but it's if you look at it's interesting if you look at some of the uh, i guess i'm comparing this new world and of entrepreneur and in silicon valley right I, I guess they call it the the tech bro yeah. era versus these are the you know, you know stocks yeah. and you know research people ibm research and so on and so forth there's a in my view yeah, there's a, a distinction yeah it's, it's,
1: right? a, it's definitely a distinction right yeah. it's definitely a distinction and it also depends on the area um whether it's, you know, computer sciences, electrical engineering, whatever that is, it's mm-hmm. also in a different area, right? right. Um, because they're all not the same things at the end of the day. They're solving different types of problems mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. types of... The other one's are also generational, right? In terms mm-hmm. of how people communicate mm-hmm. is not how the old school guys communicated. So their innovations, their inventions were around a different form of communication that right. suited that generation. And, right? a, and a,
0: even a different kind of st- different point in the stack or the evolution of of, exactly. of technology because exactly. it's moved from deep inside the enterprise, right, to the consumer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So that whole trajectory of I'm um, building chips and only certain companies can use chips. Just, yeah. And then we'll build on top of that software that now maybe is application yep. software. And then all of a sudden, we have the internet and everything exactly, kind of scales right?
1: from there. Yeah, so it's it's really just yeah, you you build on top of that, and then also people realize, hey, I don't need to spend time building this; I can actually add value here. You always you're, constant, right. yeah, you're constantly yeah, you're constantly adding value, you're adding a right. I mean, look at it this way: back in the days, it used to be that you know, you would go and you started up your office and you would literally set up servers, right? Like mm-hmm. you would, mm-hmm. you know, literally have cables plugging in. in wires, right? right? Get a server. So um, you had to have a,
0: a network administrator yeah, a kind network of infrastructure exactly. people coming
1: putting yeah putting all that stuff in. And then now today with the likes of Amazon, Google Cloud and everything, I mean I'm talking seconds.
0: You're up and running.
1: You're up and running and you have a server. So that
0: changes in a very fundamental way the type of even company you can yeah like exactly the right. kind the of company. Who can even exactly build that
1: because guess what now you depending on the problem you want to solve for a company I'm no longer having to spend you know Tons d- of money. weeks mm-hmm. setting up my mm. you know data center just and finding to get, people yeah, who work yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. finding those people to come and do that spending weeks probably could take you a month to set that up finding the person set up get that you know server up mm-hmm. and running or several servers up and mm-hmm. running so you've just spent a month whereas. That is not even my business to begin right. with. Mm. My business is X. My business is selling stuff right. online. You haven't even but done I am, that exactly. piece. You yes. haven't done that piece. So, <laughs> no, it changes the whole ball game. Which is, I can actually come. I don't even worry about that. That's just like you know, getting a chair in your office. It's like I can just get a chair. I don't have to think about it. Mm. I can get a server. Mm. So I forget about worrying about those things and really focus on things that you need Execution. to do. To exactly, yeah. the things that you can add value. So, so I think it. it um, those kinds of things just evolve over time, so going back to kind of like what you were saying about the history and, and, and sort of me working and the kinds of things that I got exposed to was really also, to also change my mindset in like how you think about innovations and those types of things the mm-hmm. problems you're trying to solve, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, so I, um, so I did that um, and then what what happened was I kind of got to a point where I started to think about like where do I want to be, you know five years from now, but in my mind I always knew I was going to end up getting into entrepreneurship at some point. So I always had that bug where every time I got somewhere and I either got comfortable, I'd be like, mm, I need to change something.
0: Wait, was your family under entertain entrepreneurship background? Yeah, yeah, back yeah, home? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you came exactly. from entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah family. especially
1: actually from my mom. Okay. Yeah. So I always kinda knew somewhere down the line. So Every time I kind of got comfortable, I needed to make a change. So while now I was in in California um, at IBM, I figured, you know, first of all, I kind of didn't really want to be um, in software engineering. I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, doing software engineering my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of needed to get out of there. I also felt I was now too deep technical, Mm -hmm. but also kind of got out of touch with actually running a business and that kind of thing. So I needed to get out of that. And what do you do? You go to business school.
0: Ah! <laughs> right? That's the answer. So that's the answer. Yeah. Right?
1: <laughs> and it's more, actually, business school the is theoretical the, best, answer, the right. theoretical answer. The theoretical
0: answer. The right thing to do.
1: If, if I look at why I went to business school, I just needed to change, and I didn't know what I wanted to change. I still wasn't ready to go into entrepreneurship. Oh, but yeah. I didn't even yeah, know yeah.
0: how to yeah, get yeah. out and start something. To go from a lab to yeah. entrepreneurship is a big Exactly,
1: right? Big so, leap. so I think... You know, to me, when you go do an MBA sometimes, it's like you really don't know what you want to do. you right. figure it out when right, you're there. Right, right. It gives you the break, right? Right, right. So I did that, um, and I went to um, the Wharton School at okay. Japan. Okay, So, so you went back to, to East Coast? Yes. And which year was it? Yes. That was uh, 2011. Okay. 20, no, 2009 okay. to 2011. Got it. So I went and did my MBA, and like every good MBA student at Wharton, you go into financial services. So you go watch in a bank. Exactly. Go okay, yeah. into Wall Street, which yeah. I did that.
0: You did Wall Street? I
1: did. I oh, was actually shoot. trading so I did so I was um I was trading uh bonds, fixed income bonds. Okay. Um
0: which firm?
1: At Nomura. It was called Nomura okay. Securities. Yeah. So I did that and I was like, Whoa, I did that for, you know, a couple of years or something like that and I was like, I, I you know, I need to build stuff. I can't do this, right? It's like <laughs> What was know? the
0: problem with that? Well,
1: <laughs> you know, I always enjoyed actually being in a place where we were building products, got right? I, mm. You know, I was the one building products before, mm. but I needed to be in an environment where I felt like I was building something. Mm. Um, this, to me, it just, it was like finance was just, hey, you know, let's just do a trade for $30 million. Pew, $30 million just just, got, happened. It just happened. Like I was like, wow, it's almost like you even almost get desensitized to the... the, the the amount of money that you're dealing with right because you're just doing a trade for like you know 30 million us dollars and it's almost like nothing it's so
0: abstract it's
1: yeah it almost like get yeah i mean it just looks like numbers and just things that you do so i kind of wanted to i really missed actually being in tech quite honestly Mm. um so from there, I was like, you know, let me just go back to my roots, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it was a good experience, mm-hmm. then walking on totally. Wall Street, very good. Imagine, so, yeah. you know, I also checked my tick mark of living in a big city. New York, I was yeah. Actually, yeah, I was living right in Manhattan. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. So Coming from South San Jose, that's, exactly. that's a big leap. Yes, that's awesome. Yes,
1: yeah, yes, So I was living in Manhattan. So mm-hmm. that, you know, did my check mm-hmm. box. And then I was like, nah, it's time to change. So I went into Amazon. Okay.
0: Seattle so, or? Yes.
1: I moved to Seattle. Mm -hmm. So um, there I was running, I was managing products. I was at Amazon Web Services. So there I was managing products. So now it's more about. You know, so now I moved into products. So you work with engineers. I'm not an engineer, but you work and you understand mm-hmm. what they
0: mm-hmm. do. You bridge the gap. And so basically you bridge the gap.
1: And your your job basically is to bring new products to either new markets or existing markets. Mm, very exciting. Um, I think yeah. It's a,
0: it's a, it's a great... No, it was great. Uh, yeah. It was great. I, I, and yeah. I, I can't imagine working at a much a more exciting place at the time.
1: Was, it was... It was. still is a great place to yeah. work.
0: I mean, your your CTO, of Van Vogels, is his name? Yeah. That yeah. dude yeah. is... Brain power, Yeah. And but then the even process. The CEO is, is, I, mean, I mean, like, these guys have
1: seen, like, these guys started something from nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Right? Build what they have today.
0: I was listening to Ven Vogels talk about uh, the process of vetting uh, an idea or a, a, something that somebody is bringing to the table. Yeah. And they had this very systematic, disciplined approach. No slide deck. Yeah. They you do. walk into a meeting room and you have written a paper. Yep. And everybody is quiet and reads what you read. Plus
1: 20 minutes you have to read and you learn to read fast. Um, have you been in
0: any of those meetings? What was oh, yeah, that like? you
1: do that. That's what you do. Um, products. You you do that, you write your twenty page whatever I mean it's a six page, has to be six pages maximum. uh uh-huh. um, and people read it for twenty minutes. Uh-huh. Um, wait, you know wait, what?
0: I, describe the product. did you ever have write one of, of these? Of course. Pages? You me. have to. You so get into product management. you this got to, right?
1: Uh-huh. Um you have to write these things. So the way that it starts is you start off with an idea, right? Mm. The way that you, in fact, work this idea is you start off with what they actually—it's that it's, Amazon, it's called working backwards—and mm-hmm. you put yourself in a position as if that product actually exists, mm-hmm. right? So you say, forget about how we're going to do this. Put the product as if it exists. Write an FAQ that would allow people to understand how does this product work.
0: Start you write with all the FAQ. these questions. Yeah.
1: yeah, you work on an <laughs> FAQ That's right awesome. of how the product actually works. And what you do is you also send it to your customers. And your customers will come back. You know, you have close relationships with yeah, them. Yeah, 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 customers yeah, yeah, will yeah, take yeah. the time to answer yeah. you and stuff. And they look at the product that you're proposing and they actually literally ask those questions. And then you come up and you're like, you really get a good idea of like, what does the customer want? It's not you sitting there IBM. building things, IDD, which is actually opposite of what I was doing at IBM because you kind of go and ideate, you know, here and there. This is more like, hey, this is how this product is going to be. And literally, you create it as if it actually exists. When you look at it, even a paper or an FAQ, you would actually think this that the product this is exists. So real. It's complete. It, it's complete, yeah. right? The customer has told you, okay, how is it going to work with my systems? How will it integrate with whatever? Or how will it do this? So you answer those questions. and you know, you come back now. When it's a sixth page of course, it's it's a... Uh, it's also now you're taking all this information that you've taken from feedback from your customers. Mm -hmm. And you have your six-pager. So your six-pager could be anything that you're trying to do. If you're starting off a new business, you would be like, here's the new business. This is what I found. Here's, you know, how we think we're going to price it. This is how we think we're going to launch. And then you continue doing on that process. But um, what you do, you go in there. You're going to sit with a VP with your idea. You propose it. People sit down. There's no PowerPoints at Amazon. I don't do PowerPoints either Uh, I don't believe in powerpoint. I do do some.
0: The fundraising. Now. Right?
1: Fundraising, exactly. But I am not big. And you also learn to be... In fact, my co-founder just, you know, a lot of times he laughs at me because I'm usually very straight to the point. It's like... Because I learned to not... Like, all these things were a waste of time. Like, you go going to a meeting and somebody's like... Yeah, because you're sitting there and literally you're sitting there with the VP and he's like, get to the point. Get so, to like, it. Get Hello? to the point. So, so I kind of got to that. So word, you must like, have
0: struggled quite a bit. When you came back and because no. we tend,
1: you know what? in in Kenya here, you mean people
0: tend to talk in circles.
1: In circles, I I I haven't. I'm still as direct, and that's why I'm telling my co-founder. Sometimes, is usually <laughs> the one who comes and just like that was a bit too
0: too, like, too straightforward. Too straightforward. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to the to the yeah. You,
1: I, I don't I actually don't struggle with. It. I just I just get to no, the be,
0: point. I know I because I'm the I same. I can't way. help
1: it. I just get no, to man, the point. I'm the same way. Yeah,
0: and people always tell me like. Yeah, you know, like. But anyway, back yeah. to this story. I'm so excited. So about yeah,
1: this. so so you 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 do this, and you know, it's a very. I mean, the the place is is no nonsense. You will no get joke. questions. Yeah, you will get questioned. It's very.
0: I, I yeah, love this.
1: It's very. It's, it's going to be by the time you write your six page. Also, you've done a lot of work to make sure that those questions, like you, you're not answering the questions that you're answering, a much deeper level than very. That's the difference between powerpoints, right? When you go through powerpoints the issues people might even stop you while you're just on like the second slide whereas if i give you a document that you read i've probably answered like Uh, that question most of the questions and so that the questions that are left are really really deep questions right because you've covered a lot of the basic stuff because i think powerpoints a powerpoints don't allow you to go into depth as much yes people might interrupt you in the middle you might not even get to what you want to say so this allows you to for people to just sit down digest what you're saying Questions that they had are probably going to get answered, and then they're left with like the very, very important questions that are left. It's it's an awesome it's an process, awesome process. Yeah. It's an awesome awesome uh, process. Yeah. So I, I've done that quite quite a few times actually. So you get comfortable. You, you get to know how to do mm-hmm. it. Um. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a very it's it's a very much. It pushes you. Oh yeah. To become
0: you. you know the best you you can be out in nature. Yeah. So so I, I I just want to interject here because you know when I saw that uh, when he described that process I was really excited because you know, when you look at our, our market and the people who are building product here or trying to take things to market or have ideas, what I have found is people don't have a very rigorous process in terms of you know vetting an idea yeah. or even interrogating their business model or any of these things. Yeah. And what we do basically is we're, we're a startup studio. And I was like, I'm going to adopt exactly what this guy's saying, this six-page idea, and insert it at the forefront Of everything we do, in terms of deciding where we're going to spend our time, uh, you know, uh, and resources, what what project are we going to work on? So, I'm going to be tapping you hard for this, if you don't mind. It
1: actually gets you; you really get to sit and focus because it's six pages that you're going in front of Andy Jassy to explain to him why you're getting into something. It better be you better
0: uh, be on point uh, you, <laughs> better
1: you better have and it forces you right so you take so much time preparing and really asking yourself questions and you know if you see a place where there's a gap you're like oh mm, man this mm-hmm. this this might not work out too well so you go research further and the other thing is also about testing what what, what also works at amazon um, and i think it's, it's something that even we use at gobeba mm. is Testing it on customers. Mm -hmm. Like, really testing. Don't come up with some, you know, grandiose ideas that your customers aren't going to ask. If customers mm-hmm. ask for something, go with that, and then kind of work with that, right. and get feedback from mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to kind of go and you know build your own things, and then the next thing you know, your customer just doesn't even want it in the first place, right? Right. right. You know? Yeah. So, so it's a, it's an awesome process.
0: So now let's let's pivot to GoBeba. So yes. Actually, man, we're jumping ahead because the, your stories are so awesome. Because <laughs> now you're at I, you're at Amazon. Amazon. How many years did you do? So
1: I did that about I think it was three years or something. Three years. Yeah. Okay. So so what? happened actually it's not that far from Gobeba Mm. because I was still in the back of my mind I knew I was I wanted to go into entrepreneurship and Mm. the question I was deciding at the time is where would I do it would Mm. I do it in the US or would Mm. I do it here in Kenya Mm -hmm. back when I used to come to Kenya I remember you know just when you come for holidays and stuff I knew I wanted to be in the technology space, but we were far from like where where sort of where I felt my skill set was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the market wasn't mature was Yeah, the ma- ma- market was not mature
0: to But enough.
1: then you look at it over the last five years, five seven years, mm. a lot has changed, totally right? Like yeah. internet penetration, smartphone penetration, those kinds of things. So the demographics have changed. Also, you've got younger people who are, you know. Um, Digitally savvy, mm. that kind of thing. So it was also a question of timing. Where mm. um, in the U.S., what I felt was the the other thing was what kinds of problems do I want to solve, right? Mm-hmm. Like I felt what I always describe mm. in the U.S. Uh, is the kinds of problems people solve there, or like you know, especially now you're talking about these new age sort of uh, businesses, right? It's mm. it's it's sort of how do I deliver my $10 pizza for $12? Mm-hmm. It's the kind of problems you're solving. Mm-hmm. Right. People have disposable income. It's like, you know, my pizza, is $10, and I'm paying 12 to get it delivered. Mm-hmm. So the kinds of problems there are people with disposable income, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And the problems are, you, you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. different types of problems that they have are so different from the types of problems that we it's, have It's, it's here. very
0: interesting, because even now, right, I think uh, a lot of this has to do with, cycles, right? Because in the early, the previous cycles, before we went into this social area, era, right, mm-hmm. before the commercialization of consumer te- consumerization of technology, yep. right, there the were deeper problems people are solving, maybe in the deeper computer yep. kind of stack, if you will, than went to the, commer- the com- com- consumerization era. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like, you know, if you look at some of the companies that are being invested in and being built in the Bay Area right now, we've gone more uh deeper into more structural problems right like i mean tesla for as an example um uh there's this company called plenty that's doing i don't know if you know about them plenty plenty is actually they're doing vertical farming Uh, right okay i mean people are doing there's just a a different level of 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 of, of deeper more challenging problem Problem set set that's coming online yeah We've done the what are those apps? Yeah. Kina, what are those apps that people are using? Instagram and, and so also, on and so yeah, forth. Exactly. That, that was the last yeah. ten years. Yeah. But now it's it, it seems like there's a things are getting wonkier and more yeah. deeper and more I mean kind of,
1: like if you look at even some of the that's what I'm saying, it, it has to do with the the consumer base you have, right? Like you know, they're looking into driverless cars, right? Like, Would we've, that got, work we, we've got bigger problems than <laughs> yeah. driverless cars in can You yes. see what I'm saying? You, it's, it's, not it's, it's not that, I mean, problem, it's again, it's, it's, this, it's the type of consumer base you have, because yes, it makes sense for them to be in that step where maybe, you know, driverless cars actually make sense for that particular society, the consumers they can afford that kind of thing. You know this they driverless
0: can, cars thing. I, I I struggle with this because I see where you're mm-hmm. going with this, mm-hmm. right? They have they have kind of like the infrastructure on top of which they can lay on yeah. driverless cars easily, yeah. and a consumer base that can maybe afford it. Yeah, but it can the point them. in a in a real very real way, um, driverless cars are supposed to make cars cheaper, in a sense, transportation rather. Yeah, because you're not gonna buy. They it.
1: always start expensive. Just like any new innovation, right. a lot of times it becomes ex- very very expensive before it becomes cheap.
0: Right, mm-hmm. a lot of that
1: is just the process of it. So mm-hmm. it will be expensive to start now with. But I think over the years,
0: do you think that, was, get... that will ever come here in terms of driverless cars, being a but,
1: you... you know, I you never you never know, you never know. It's, it's very just, interesting. It's, it's look, put it this way, right? If you look at where we were, I think around two thousand and forget which 2000 was in the 2000 early 2000 Mm -hmm. the government was trying to figure out how they can actually increase telephony meaning access of telephones to landlines yeah they were trying to do that so they had this whole plan of how many phone booths they were going to add (laughs) and it's like the telephony density was to figure out you know how many out of a population of say 1000 people we want to have i think the number was 10 or something i forget it was like I forget what that number was but they they had some numbers where they 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 had to they were trying to increase that density so that for a given population if it's a thousand people we want you know X number of them to have access to a phone but right. at the time it was pay phones
0: mm-hmm.
1: come the mobile phones and that whole plan and, and at the time also the there were actually some people who just couldn't see how people could actually have cell phones, right? Like they were so expensive and they were for like some very rich people right. who had this huge, you know, so cell light. phone that yeah. you know mm-hmm. and it was for just very few rich people who could afford. Mm-hmm. But in that time span that they were trying to plan to improve to increase teledensity, here comes cell phones and the next thing you know, everyone now and their grandmother can afford, you know, a cell phone. So don't you I'm right so so I don't know that answer, right? I mean can it work today? Absolutely not. I mean, driverless cars cannot work in Kenya today. Do I know they will work in the future? I'm just saying. Technology <coughs> does wonders. It's if amazing. you ask someone in 2000, early 2000, if they thought you know, the Shamba boy would be having um, would be on mobile phone? and be on Facebook.
0: Nah. <laughs> it's amazing. So that's, I mean, this exactly. is so exciting for me because when I think about this, when I play this out 10 years, mm-hmm. and once you've been in the Amazons of the world, once you've been in the IBMs, you realize that we're creating the future here yeah. and we do not even know what it will look like yeah. and i try and communicate to people that we have no like everything is up for grabs yeah i'm talking top to bottom yeah i'm talking even government organization i mean yeah. we don't know where this is going i mean yeah. we got ai you know blockchain <laughs> know. yeah we have no clue yeah and so me, that's such an exciting time to yeah. be alive yeah. because in a very real sense, it's not the 1970s or 80s yeah, or 90s. exactly. Where yeah. things stayed the same until you pretty now much retired. They, exactly.
1: Now they just change. You wake up one morning and it's
0: like, whoa, a different world. A different world, right? Awesome. So now let's so, get to but So now, yeah.
1: So I was thinking, I was like, where am I going to do this? So I, you know, and at the, the same time, you know, it started coming and it was like, you know, it was actually... I started to see the change where we were going in terms of the country, like Mm. just looking at the change in in technology, people adapting, the types of problems that you could solve using technology. It was a good time. So it so happened, I was still kind of one foot in, one foot out. Mm. That was around, I think, 2015 or something. Mm. Um, One foot in, one foot out where I was connected to somebody at Mm MCOPA. So, I ended up coming and actually doing um, managing their, their mobile platform at mm. MCOPA. Mm. So, I kind of was doing that for a while. My, you know, like I said, I did that for a while, but then I was still. So, you left Amazon
0: like, for MCOPA?
1: At, at Amazon, at the time that I left, I knew that I was, wanted to come back to Kenya. Kenya.
0: So, you made the move. And I also
1: knew that me coming to Kenya, coming to entrepreneurship. But then I got this opportunity to work with uh, with MCoPA, and I was like, you know, for one thing, I actually wanted to also experience what it was like to work in Kenya. I mean, keep in mind, I'd never worked in Kenya at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right out of high school, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to understand what's the technology um, play in terms of, you know, the skill sets, the, the just working. Just get a on the sense t- of the yeah. lay
0: of the land, right? Yeah, yeah, really. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, also got to really understand a lot. Actually, I, mm-hmm. I learned a lot through going there. So I kind of did that, and it was some of my way to you know, test the, test the waters, so I knew I was going to go into entrepreneurship, I wasn't necessarily coming back because I thought I was going to go into employment, but I figured it some place to just kind of come test the waters, get the environment, really understand work. you know, for a company that was actually doing. Very you know, strategic yeah. move, that's super smart. So, so I, I, I did that, and then actually did move back to the U.S. for a little bit.
0: Um, so when was this t- Give us some time? This was around 20,
1: 2015 through 2017.
0: So you worked at Emkopa for how long?
1: No, no. So at Coppa I finished there around 2016. And then I went to the States, back to the U.S. And mm. then finally, I was just like, you know what, it's time to come
0: This back. is a very interesting kind of phase. It's- yeah. So give me a sense of your thought process, right? I understand. So the Copper move came as an opportunity. Did they hire you from the States directly? Were I you was here? put in
1: touch with the CEO okay. by someone, I think, and then it just kind of happened. When yeah. you in the
0: States at the time? Yeah,
1: the States at the time, but I'd also been here. So okay. at the time, I was just kind of looking at what are, what are some of the technology companies, what Around, are they doing, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So i have been put in touch. And then finally, when I was like, hey, let me come and try something. He so was they like, gave hey, you an hey, offer, come join they, us. They, it, was, it actually started off as like a project to run something. And okay. then, you know, let it into... Like doing more in terms of their whole, uh, uh, they're moving more. they basically wanted to move a lot of their stuff that the, that they used manually out and with their f- uh, sales sales people out in the field. They wanted to move that into a mobile platform. So okay. everything, including their ticketing, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm the crm and everything moved into a platform mm-hmm. and i already knew how to manage technical products work Product. with engineers and I know yeah. how to you know to basically build and manage uh, mm-hmm. technology products so mm-hmm. it was a great fit in terms of what my skill set was um so i i did that and then moved back and then at the time i actually knew that i'd already taken the break because you know the going also deciding that you want to do something else requires you to take especially to entrepreneurship where I knew I was going to go do it full time Mm. whatever it was I Mm. hadn't figured out what it was I just knew that I was going to you know get something started I'd already taken the break of I actually just left my job at Amazon I had a very good career at Amazon Mm. but I just taken the break and I said I'm taking that risk why because I I also looked at sort of my profile and I looked and I said hey I have this much experience I don't think i'll have a problem looking for a job job. so i think you 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 need to get out of that comfort zone totally right and sort of that whole thing of oh you know i'm worried if i leave Mm. you're leaving but you're not leaving your skill sets behind so i needed to get comfortable with that but once i got comfortable with that and i was like you know what actually even to today i still get you know people People trying reaching out out to Mm. try and give me some type of Mm. job somewhere so I started to get comfortable with the mm-hmm. idea that, look, even with an entrepreneur, at the end of the day, you are still building your skill sets. It's right. not like you're totally. not going to work. Right. So I was like, what's the difference between right. me working for myself? Because at the end of the day, I'm still going to have a resume that says I've been doing X for the last, totally. you know, few years. Right, so right. I had to change my mindset a little bit and, and be comfortable with, I don't need it's
0: to such, be. It's a big leap for it's people. It's a big leap. Because to move from that comfortability of a regular paycheck...
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got to... I am... I, I, um, I, it didn't worry me too much. I, mm. I had to, I had to take the fear out and just look at it logically. Like, what is the worst what's case? What's the worst? Right. Exactly. like If the worst case today go bad, but does not work, and I need to go back to work, I still have a pretty darn good resume. So Sorry. what's the okay. problem? Yep. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I had to get. You you need to get out of that comfort zone. And mm. I think people kind of. Think like when you're going entrepreneurship you're not going into a career of some sort
0: Right, <laughs> <Pugetry. laughs>
1: like i mean what i mean what, you actually are doing a lot of stuff like actually for example mm. i'm doing now both operations and as well as being the cto mm.
0: Mm.
1: that's a heck lot of experience that i'm adding to my resume so you know what I'm right. saying? So I but let me ask you this,
0: yeah. in, terms of, in terms of people being stuck in that mindset, I mean, you and I came from the states where there's a lot of opportunity. Once you hit yes. a certain kind of uh, attractiveness to the market and develop some skills, you know, you know you'll always land on your feet so you could yeah. take that risk. Over here, just because of the lack of ready made uh, you know job market isn't that ripe, yeah. or, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I have
1: to agree, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, it so, so, so it can be a bit challenging and, and, and you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily encourage somebody here who doesn't have a plan or thinking. I mean, even when you're in the state or wherever you are, you, you have to really think about it, yeah. right? Like, you have to yeah. know what your plan is, your game plan is. Right. So you always know that if this doesn't work, then I can do I something this, else yeah, or I've yeah. got this or I can do this or the other. Um, there was actually, <coughs> interestingly, mm. there, was, um, there was something going on on Twitter about maybe a few few weeks ago where where... I forget which entrepreneur it was, but there's somebody who posted like you know there's this whole, almost called it like a myth where, um, you know, there's this sort of notion where people present these uh, founders of startups like they're these, you know, the maybe even poor, for example, they came out of nothing and started their own startups, mm. um, and so there was this whole debate. No, no, like in the U.S. Okay. and it, I mean, it come it somewhat applies to what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the whole thing, and I kind of started to agree that. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs, there, there are some entrepreneurs that do actually start from nothing, like just nothing. Mm. Um, but also a good number of them also don't exactly start from nothing. I would
0: have, I would have to say this. Right? <laughs> Almost every single tech Entrepreneur, generally speaking, in Silicon Valley and those parts yeah. of the world, come from middle and upper middle class Exactly.
1: Background. So they dropped out of college, but that doesn't mean that they came they were, out of they were,
0: nothing. Yo, man, <laughs> right? they could, yeah. because they could. Exactly,
1: yeah. because they could, right? <laughs> they could go back. So so I kind of thought about that. I even thought about it in Kenya, right? Like, it still the, the, it applies in the sense that there has to be something for someone. No Safety net. We're some talking about safe, a safety some net. A too. little bit of, like... It's also fortunate that you have some things that are aligned your way. Um, You might even have some angels or family that might have, or you might have had some savings. So, So there is a little bit of that so that when you go into it, not everyone has the same opportunity. Now, if you have nothing, then of course you've got nothing to lose in the first place. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is interesting. So what are we <laughs> right, saying? Are right, We like, saying it's easier if you have a safety net. It's not that it's. It, it,
1: what what I'm trying to say is sometimes people yes, forget. But, people forget where they actually started from. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is you know sometimes people make it so easy that hey I just started I didn't have hey if you've got a place and if you you've got a place you can you know go back to a safety net of some sort don't forget that as like some advantage that you actually I see what you're somebody saying. doesn't have. Right? I see what you're saying. So yeah. basically.
0: I, if I was to kind of maybe try and summarize is this idea that the fundament the the basics of where you start matter, right? They do. Because you know, you you just you just don't you're not operating in a vacuum. Exactly. There yeah. is some kind of advantages, benefits that you might have that give you a platform from to, which to jump to, off. To of.
1: jump off of, right? right, right. Or alternatively if somebody's thinking, hey, you know, you, you don't wake up and you just, you know, leave your job and you say, I'm starting my venture and you've got No plan. No plan, right? There has to be a plan. So along with that comes a plan. So your plan is maybe depending on, you know, you've got some, you know, places you know that you might be able to get some angel funding from these people. So there's a little bit of planning. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's, the reason I'm I'm bringing this up is uh, sometimes people might wonder, well, how did you even get started? But, you know, some of it also could be that you were fortunate enough that you had these things aligned for you. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I felt was the skill sets that I had, I was very comfortable that if,
0: the way if you this safety, didn't the way you work out, right,
1: right. If it didn't work out, I've got these skill sets. And I was also counting on the fact that whatever whatever it is that I'm doing is also adding to my skill set. So it's not like my my resume looks like I was right. it wasn't like I mean on vacation. it was like I was on vacation, <laughs> right? I'm still not over vacation. So, no. if I had to actually update my resume, would I would pretty, actually put. Yeah, exactly. I would I'm, put building the, the,
0: I'm building the Amazon yeah. for Africa. How about so, that? so,
1: there's all these things that you can put now. So, so that's kind of what I'm trying to say is yeah. that um, it just doesn't, there's a lot of stuff that builds up, and it's very easy to forget the details of right. how you ended up right. with how how that right? The, yeah. How you made that decision. Yeah. So, for me, I had this comfort of, okay, you know what? I, I don't think I'm worried about getting a job. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. So come to that now where, um, so I knew I wanted to start something. What I didn't really have, I knew I had the technical skills and stuff. I worked in at Mm. least the markets. I also understood how things work here. Mm. um, Well, the only thing I felt I had a gap was in more like things around business development in this market.
0: Mm. Exactly. Mm.
1: So I knew I needed to find a co-founder. At the time.
0: Did you know what you were going to do? Did you have an idea? No,
1: of, not exactly what it would be. Okay. I knew that I would start something. It would probably be enabled by technology somewhat, um, but other than what exactly? No, no clue. In fact, I tried a few things here and there, and mm-hmm. you know, um, actually, I tried a few things there and there, which I learned from like trying, which is. And, and this is kind of like one thing that I learned is you don't ever go building technology. And that's a big problem we see. A lot totally. of people go in there, they start building apps, and then you now try to figure out what problem you're solving. It As opposed
0: work. to doing the six-pager.
1: Exactly. Six-pager or test the market totally. is basically
0: mm-hmm. very
1: inexpensive technology. Mm-hmm. don't go building stuff. So anyway, so I knew I needed a, a business owner. So at the time, I'd also been like, you know, keeping in touch with just a community of people. Um, so, I knew Peter Diangoyi, who was a former um, OLX... Um,
0: Country manager? Yeah, GM
1: oh. yeah. Uh, for Kenya, as well, I think, as other branches, he also opened other um,
0: markets as, markets well. as mm. well.
1: So, I knew... I'd, I'd been introduced to him by just some other professional network. So, over time, I remember we used to have this email group that we would just kind of send send each other messages around mm. like e-commerce, what's going on, that kind of thing. Mm. So I knew that we were sort of aligned in, in a lot of thinking, because mm. just through that Email that communication. We used Mm. to be a group of, I think, four of us, just Mm. kind of Mm. exchanging ideas, just Mm. discussing. Mm. In fact, I used to be in the US, so I'd known him for a while, but it was just just very much exchanging ideas. So Mm. every time I was here, I'd just communicate with him and just kind of let him know, here's where I'm at, here's what, just very much just talking about, because I kind of knew we were aligned in how we thought and Mm. and that kind of thing. So come last year, 2018, um, OLX decides that they are shutting down. At the same time, I was kind of dabbling into this other, it was like some solution I'd been building around uh, real estate and that kind of thing. Mm. Didn't really work out when yeah. we took it, when you took it to, to market to mm. test it a little bit. Mm. But I was kind of doing that. So Peter was like, hey, you know, um, you know, I'm gonna be leaving OLX um, and, you know, we should actually think about you know doing something. So the timing was perfect in mm-hmm. the sense that I'd kind of started dabbling in a few things. Mm. Um, you know, here's somebody I, I knew, understood the local market understood how to open other markets within, you know, within the continent. Mm. So I was like, and, you know, he also knew, um, you know, got my technical background. He was mm. like, just between the two of us, I think we had, like of years ones. of experience. Yeah, yeah, we had years of experience to something. So we were like, okay, let's sit down and just think about what problem we want to solve and right. just think about it. The other thing was also, like, um, it's actually not that easy to find a co- co-founder. <laughs> like, yesterday I was talking to a guy Hard who came stuff. and he was like, you know, he was like, um... Man, he's been going through co-founders like there's no tomorrow. And I said, you know, <laughs>
0: a it's, difficult it's, thing.
1: it's difficult. You need one. If you're going to build a Anything. big business, yeah. hey, some people go at it alone and nice, they've seen some people man. who've been successful, but like the way even the world is going oh now, no. if you're trying to, to build a business that's just not going to be just like a, a lifestyle, business, yeah. like a small business for you to just, you know, live off of You need a
0: co-founder. You need you need, you a, need, you need an executive team.
1: You need a team. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. need a team. So so we, we both understood that very well. We worked very well together. So it kind of allowed us to also learn just how do we work together, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's it's just timing mm-hmm. and also the fact that also through the years, we had been in touch so that you I knew how he thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew sort of his thinking process. I knew what kind of person he was through this, through just that team, interaction. that interaction yeah. over the years. So it didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. It's. It, also, finding a confounder. I mean, some people would say, you know, I met someone and you know they clicked two seconds. I think some of it also is just a long-developed thing, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. ours was long-developed. Mm-hmm. It just was developing, and the timing also was right. So we sat down and we thought about, okay, what kind of. So we knew we would want to. So when we looked at, okay, I think we want to work together. Great, check mark, right? Mm-hmm. So let's think about now what problem we're going to what problem we're going to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sat down and we we're like, okay. Using our backgrounds, you know, e-commerce background, technology, that kind of thing. So even even as I was at Amazon, even though I was at Amazon Web Services, I still learned a lot about the e-commerce Commerce side. Yes. Yeah. So we we sat together and we were like, okay, let's just look at a problem. Like, so we started looking and that's kind of how we ended up with like, hey, here's logistics. We we both know, like we just looked at sort of like some of the common problems. One, our cities are overcrowded, right? Like mm-hmm. even today I came here, I was just like, hmm. Am I going to drive? No, let me just take a Uber. Yeah. Parking, that kind of thing, Gosh, just, easy. you know. So we all we all know that, you know, the cities are getting crowded. Mm. And every day, as people keep moving... Urbanization country, it's just, is yeah, fastest urbanizing exactly, part of the planet. Exactly, much, right? Yeah. So that's that's already... So it makes it difficult for people to just... I mean, how long does it take you to do something that should... If you're in, 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 in San Jose or wherever, like, there's some things that you can just get out, go drive, and you'll be done in 15 minutes. Right. So it's like a three hour affair to do something so small. So we knew that was already a challenge. Huh? Yeah. We we also understood like the 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 demographics of people in terms of the younger people who, you know, they value their time differently. Mm. They're more open to mm. kind of, you know, using technology to sort of achieve some certain things. So yeah. we looked at that and we're like, okay, the demographics also is, it's is a good it's yeah. shifting. Yeah. Right. So that's one thing we looked at the overcrowdedness. We also looked at if you look at e-commerce space, it's we're barely scratching, scratching the, the surface, year. right? Like yeah. you just look at retail in general right mm. now. Retail is still very much on mums and pops, mm. right? Mm. Formal retail is even still scratching the surface. I mean, if you actually think um I, I don't have the numbers at the top of my head right now, but like formal retail, like the the you know, the taskies and mm. people like that. I mean, Nakumad is mm. now down. Mm. Like, those numbers are Part even a, it, yeah. a very small fraction of mm. the retail space, mm. which you call called formal retail. Yeah, right. Most of it is actually informal. So this is the stuff. Yeah, it's, it's the kiosks. When it comes to e-commerce, it's informal in the sense that it's happening through WhatsApp. Facebook okay. yeah, yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah. So that's, mm-hmm. that's also still a formal of e-commerce yeah, of yeah, some totally. sort, right? Yeah. But a lot of it is also just your, your you know, kiosks and shops and dukas and whatever yeah, yeah, else that yeah. people go to. Neighborhood shops, but, yeah. but the, the, the problem with such a fragmented place is also, it makes it also difficult for people to discover products, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. most of the time, you either ask someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, do you know where I can get X? Mm-hmm. How do you help this person who has to keep calling, you know, three different people to be like, how do I find X? Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're also looking at the crowdedness. So if I have to get things from this place and then go to that place, you know, some shop down there, it just, we already knew that was already becoming a problem for people. Mm -hmm. So product discovery, you know, is also a bit of a challenge because these things are so fragmented, Mm -hmm. So we looked at those kinds of problems and we're like, wow, you know, there's overcrowding, there's, you know, there's traffic, there's the... The other thing also, when you look at logistics, right, logistics mm. are always, has always been, been a challenge. And mm. today, if you look at the logistics of like, you know, um, e-commerce and, and that kind of thing is everyone pretty much has their border guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So either I call you, do you have a border guy, the border guy does those things for you. And if the border guy is not there, you have to wait for that border guy
0: and to And by the party. way, for the international audience, the border guy is a motorcycle rider exactly. who delivers stuff for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. You know how do you put these people how do you put these things you know and provide and allow basically distribution of goods is kind of what we looked at it mm. so that's why we bring an e-commerce element to allow mm. people to discover products and find mm. whatever products that they want mm. and then now we have that on top of uh, a logistics so platform yeah, okay. so that where we have Anybody who's got a motorcycle, which is your boda, you've got a tuk-tuk. Those Mm. are the three-wheelers, and then you even got vehicles, right? You've got people with pickups. Look, at the end of the day, we're transporting goods, but these are also just vessels that could also be used to transport anything, right? right? right. So what we looked at is is kind of so that's how we ended up with an e-commerce logistics platform. We looked Mm. at that and we're like, okay, how can we now make distribution of goods? to consumers easier for people for people to discover, for people to buy and get the goods delivered to them at home. Mm. So that's basically the problem we're looking. At. It's a big market. It's consumer a big market. Yeah, yeah consumer spending is still very high.
0: Yeah. And, and so where are you guys right now in terms of uh, we've got about five minutes to the end of this, yep. but just if you could summarize where you are and I know you're just getting started, yeah. how things ha- Tell us. Yes. So
1: we've been operating this for about seven months. Mm. So obviously going through different verticals. So our, our primary verticals right now we focus on like gas, for example. Mm-hmm. Gas I'm actually a customer of yours, as, as you are, know. Thank you. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. So we I do. I ordered gas. my
0: last gas tank from yeah. you guys. So, yeah. I've actually done this twice. You've
1: done it twice, yeah. yeah. So, so we do gas, and we've mm. got partnerships with uh, you know um, the, sh- the likes of Shell, and we continue to to expand our partnerships. Mm. So those that's you know that's our primary one, and then of course people ask us, well, do you do groceries, and mm. you know you mm. kind of build on top of those types of things. Mm. We also because we have a network of. Um, partners, logistics partners, mm. we actually get people who want cargo transported. So whether it's, you know, whether it's a small shop that wants to get their stuff sent over to one place to the other, right. or even things like fertilizer or whatever. We've wow. seen all sorts of things Interesting. where people want that because we have a network. So mm. the thing about it is when you think about platforms, you have to make sure you're catering to all the different people. So mm. when you're coming to your logistics partners, for example, you need to give them work, mm. right? So they mm. need to be constantly busy to mm. be on mm. your platform. Mm. So. In as much as we're also distributing goods, there's also somebody else who needs goods transported somewhere mm-hmm. else. So mm-hmm. we so you've use got a that capacity. So exactly. you got a supply side.
0: Mm-hmm. And the okay. demand side. Yeah. So we do
1: that. So you'll find yeah. that we've got different verticals. But all of them basically are built on top of our logistics. But it's some form of goods being transported, transported. and distributed. Mm. Um, we've actually been growing. So, mm. you know, we, this is, I mean, it's, it's a great time for us, right? Mm. We're growing. We also do a lot of experiments, right? Mm-hmm. So we start with something where, like, we think, you know, this could be a good area or mm-hmm. we think that customers have been telling us X and we try it. And if it doesn't work, you move on More to the other thing. That's the thing, right? You have to learn to be very um,
0: flexible, flexible
1: mm-hmm. to learn yeah. um, and to move on from there. Like, you, you know, yeah. quickly, yeah. Break mm-hmm. things fast, quickly is mm-hmm. kind of a, w- what you want to do. So we've done that. Um, we you know, concentrating now on uh, on building our technology platform. So, right now, our technology is mostly on on web, okay. mobile web. So, mm. there's mobile web and just mobile regular desktop, right? Mm. So, we're trying to build that out mm. as well. Mm. So, it's been, and then, so there's a lot of things that we're doing right now. I mean, there's, there's so much more. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, we've been around for seven, seven months, months, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't trade this for any other experience. This is
0: so exciting. I mean, logistics is definitely the big underlying thing you need to solve. Yeah. To, to drive e-commerce and basically just unlock yep. the potential of so many things, right? Yep. I mean, uh, you got Gojek and, and yep. uh, do you guys kind of look at that as oh, something? Oh, yeah, we look at
1: them. Yeah, we look at them. As I mean, an example? Yeah, you know? yeah, we look at them. We, okay. What we've done is you look at those kinds of uh, businesses Models, yeah. and then you think about how do you make them local for us. Got like, it. are the kinds of things people buy, right, right? right? You know, for us, like we're saying, gas is one of those things. Right. It's very sort of unique to this market. Right, like right, people right. do butchery runs, right? Very unique
0: to right. sort of the so market, right? So you pick, you right? pick your verticals.
1: Yeah, we try to focus on sort of like, again, our problems, yeah. right? right? Our local problems. Like right. For example, like some of the things we have is um, where, say, for example, actually, we do a lot of stuff with like city markets, right? right? So yeah. someone who's like, I really don't want to go there, but I know I've got this guy who sells really great meat.
0: I need somebody to, yeah, yeah. Or,
1: you know, or now some customers who just don't even know where they come and they're like, hey, where can you guys get this stuff? Mm. So we've got, so we we tend to focus on some of those local problems and that kind of thing. So let
0: me ask you this. Logistics is always a low margin business. Yes. It's a a margins game. Yes. And then the volume and margins. Yes. Um, You know, and also very challenging to stitch it together. There's actually a very interesting uh, story about a, a startup actually out of, now it's a big company in China, call I don't know what it's called man but' it's, it's, it's a Chinese name and this guy game the logistics game so amazingly he started as a Yelp and became a delivery for food and it's it's he did it I'll send you up that podcast. Yeah,
1: I think the, are they the ones who kind of try to put together like orders from like offices and that kind of thing I, I don't know, the, it, okay, I don't know you know yeah, anyway, yeah, anyway,
0: okay. the what I'm getting at here is logistics is is why logistics? I mean, there's so many things you could have... You could have yeah, so that's out. what I'm saying.
1: Like, we are not just logistics, which is why we put e-commerce on top of logistics. The reason is we felt that we needed to also combine the two because people just didn't want to order online. How do they get their stuff to them? Yeah. Do you want the person to, okay, great, I've ordered then worry about doing their own logistics? So we thought about how do we give you the full solution? I to your point logistics is is not exactly you know it's a low margin business right so we focus on the e-commerce element which is you know that's That's where where now exactly right so we focus on the e-commerce element and then the logistics is more to just be able to give you a full solution so that hey if you order something it's going to be brought to your place and you know we try to get deliveries in under an hour right so we try to get our deliveries done in under an hour how do you do that you have to have the logistics as part of your solution
0: all right, so a couple of final things here. So, competitive competitive landscape, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you guys look at that?
1: So, we've what we've done is, you know, we we have. You, if you look at the competitive landscape, for example, you look at some of the multinationals that have come here and that kind of thing. We have focused. We said, okay, we're going to focus on a lot of our local kind of solutions, right? Like even to today, we can actually get you packages. Like we get people coming to us and they say, hey, we want to actually get, you know, we get fertilized and agricultural type of things. Mm-hmm we will actually work to get something in the middle of Oloy like, Tok talk, talk or mm. whatever. We've mm. actually had, you know, mm. things like that. So mm. we focus on some of those very sort of local type of problems right mm-hmm. so we you know we still do a few so at the end of the day you've got a customer who buys gas from you mm-hmm. right and and we've got a huge gas network now mm-hmm. like the different partners we have but you will probably still call us to say you know i want to buy food or something so mm-hmm. we'll still be able to save to to serve this particular customer but where we focus on you know our partnerships and kind of things is some of those differentiating things right mm. it's it's your small merchant your mm. small merchants at butchers and those mm. kinds of things so mm. that's kind of how we differentiate ourselves mm. with, with some of the companies. so
0: understanding the market a little bit yes, better yes. being more tight to yeah. kind of what the needs of, of of the market yeah yeah listen i think you, you it's a long play obviously right Very and long play. um uh, very bold move yeah. I think you guys are the right team yeah. to actually tackle something like this and like I said I'm a customer big fan of anybody who's building anything uh, innovative in our market uh, Silicon Savannah I think we're one team the way I look at it it's like this is this is our, our moment this is the opportunity for us to actually change our society yeah. That's that's just the way I look at it you know so final final thing for you for you here is what's your vision for Silicon Savannah Vision 2030 what do you think is possible here
1: a lot is possible. First of all, I think um, we we have passed the stage of some of the things that would just block us. Like when we talk about things like connectivity, mm-hmm. those things are real, mm-hmm. right? In mm-hmm. terms of actually getting people to now get to the next level. Mm-hmm. So I think we've gotten beyond a certain barrier mm. that actually stopped us from being able to to, you build, know, to build, you know, use technology, build on top of that. Um, the other thing is also in terms of jobs, right, to continue to give more people jobs. Right? Mm. We've got people that we employ, right? right? So, again, you end up with people who can spend more, mm-hmm. right? And mm. they spend more, that means you can actually do more you for your more businesses, services. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, I really see us really taking on to I mean, if we look at some of these Asian economies, mm-hmm. know, where they kind of started tigers, where we yeah, are, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. Asian
0: tigers, yeah. minus some
1: of our challenges mm-hmm. that we have, mm-hmm. um, and again, that's just I think also with information and the ability that people can now get information and learn and be mm-hmm. more aware. Right, it might even change how, how people, people think
0: yes. about
1: whether it's you know who we choose as our leaders, because some of that yes. we're not going to escape that, yeah. and but it's people being informed, right? right? Um, we're talking about a different generation. And when we talk to some of the guys who work with us, were like kids right out of college and stuff. Like yeah. they're, they're already different in how they think. You'd be surprised. Right. Like yeah. they, they they just they, they live in a different era. How right. they 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 take information about yeah. where they are. You know the the power that they actually have to change some of these things. So those types of things, I think over time, mm. will be taken care of. But in terms of having an able and you know, disposable income, consumer spending going up, I think it will just continue going up or mm. continue to develop. Mm. Um, so I just see, to me, it was the right time to come.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: It was the right time to come back. No, I, is what I'm, if I look at any time, it was, this was the right I time. The yeah. I feel the
0: same way. I feel the same way I came in last year. And um, you know, I, I, I summarize with this. The way I'd like to think about it and put some numbers around it, what we're shooting for is to build 10 companies, identify 10 companies that can scale up. Um, as a startup studio, you do a lot, a lot of experiments, right? And we'll do a bunch of those. But out of that should come 10,000 jobs, right? And $10 billion in value. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point, you got to put this into some quantifiable metric. Yeah. And that's how I like to think about it. The timing is perfect. Yeah and man I'm, I'm excited about seeing yeah. what you guys will do yeah. with this yeah. yeah awesome thank you so yeah. much for coming through thank you thank that was you. awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah we gotta we gotta have you back so we can talk a little bit more maybe maybe a year from now or some some time. yeah I'll of course share with the we'll ecosystem where in. things yeah. are yeah. yeah of course good stuff yeah. cheers
1: thank you very much